Hi guys, welcome to the fourth episode of the Red Brick Recap Podcast. Today we're joined with Beth from Food and Drink, Frankie from Life and Style and the other Beth from Music and we're just going to be discussing Christmas because it is that time of the year and it's a bit of a different Christmas this year but we're just thinking about all the things you can get up to and all the things which make it special. Yeah, so um, I think the biggest thing about Christmas, for me anyway, is the food. So I think I'm going to hand over to Beth from Food and Drink. Hi. Yeah, um, obviously Christmas is a big time of the year for food. And um, I think everyone would probably agree that the Christmas dinner is very central to how we think about Christmas and how we all come together to sit down. And so Food and Drink have been thinking about that a lot recently. Um, and just the idea of gifts and giving a lot of the time that comes into food as well because we've been doing like a gift guide that's food related presents so I think you can't really separate food and Christmas they're kind of intrinsically linked aren't they so um, for us I mean it's my favourite time of the year um, and it's an excuse to eat lots of mince pies and gingerbread (laughs) cookies so but yeah what do you want to (laughs) know? I think it's so interesting like the supermarkets kind of compete every year to bring out like the most innovative Christmas stuff I feel like there's like a new range every year and they get like weirder and weirder so yeah. I don't know I guess what's your thoughts on that like do you think that's going to carry on or do you think that's like a fad that will I don't know well, I mean just today I would, well not today but like this week I was in the supermarket and there's so many new things in Sainsbury's I was wandering around thinking wow and it's great but I do think you can be overwhelmed with choice sometimes. And um, I think obviously with Veganuary being a big thing and like so many people going towards plant-based eating, there are so many options now for what you can have on your Christmas dinner as opposed to just like a bog standard nut roast, which is still my favourite. But you you know, you can have like seitan sort of fake turkey things that are stuffed with cranberries and there's so many options. Um, so I think with a competition also a lot of the supermarkets are really trying to come up with the best vegan option as well because they know that so many people are transitioning in towards that and some of them I really get behind but some of them they look a little bit skeptical <laughs> so but I guess it's fun and also it allows people to get involved and again to get invested in Christmas because if you can't have the turkey it allows you to sort of be creative and think about what you're going to have on your Christmas dinner. And a lot of vegans are really into their cooking kind of by nature because they have to be more creative. So I think it is a good thing, but yeah, it can be quite difficult when you walk around the supermarket and there's like 20 different kinds of mince pies. I think the vegan pigs and blankets are looking especially sus. I like looked around, I think it was Sainsbury's, yeah. And it's just like, I think they're called like something in duvets. Like they've really tried to mimic it, but um yeah, I yeah, saw those. Quite not sure, not sure about that. I have a recommendation for you all. Um, we went to Waitrose last week and we tried the turkey and stuffing crisps, and they're shaped like Christmas trees, and they are so good. So that's my. And apparently, after Christmas, they go really cheap on discount. So um, that's my recommendation for you all this year. That's another thing I was thinking. Like, there's going to be so much food waste and stuff left over this year especially because people are having smaller gatherings and then they're not having you know like loads of gatherings back to back where they'll use stuff up so I think this year is probably a good year to be a bit more like sensible when buying Christmas food and although there are loads of options I guess just to pick ones that will actually get eaten. 
also they've changed the rules now haven't they to two households I mean they're just I think they're going a bit crazy with that so again people are a bit unsure it feels like how many people should you buy for I'm trying to I'm doing my first full Christmas dinner this year um yeah I know I so I'm I'm excited but it's only three of us but it's so hard to know how many things to buy it's just such a difficult because Christmas is big anyway so it's just like do I get one bag of carrots or two should I just make sure we've got enough so the food waste is just going to be ridiculous but hopefully people will be in the mood to eat because 2020 needs to sort of go out with a bag. <laughs> I think also leftovers are a big part of Boxing Day as well so I'm sure if you had bought the two bags of carrots back they will be eaten at some point so yeah. Right should we hand over to Life and Style for a little Christmas chat? Yeah, so actually what we've been doing is kind of related to food, but just to do with with fashion and shopping. So we've been thinking about how we can have a Christmas that is a bit smaller and trying to be more sustainable. Um, we recently published a gift guide where everything was from either a local place. There was lots of things from Birmingham and we had some gifts from the Birmingham Museum and um, then lots of people sort of gave shout outs to people that they know who are like makers on Etsy so it was it was really nice to see lots of like unconventional Christmas ideas coming out and it gave me gave me a lot a lot of ideas too and something we've been considering is I'd never thought about this before but Christmas jumpers actually a big source of waste at Christmas time because a lot of them are made from plastic and um, something like over half of them are only worn once and then just thrown away so um, we, we had a really interesting article recently that was just talking about how you can do things like swapping jumpers, making your own Christmas jumper from, from just a plain one that you've got lying around. So yeah, that wasn't, that was something I hadn't really thought of before because you know, schools and charities will do get your own Christmas jumper. And, and I think there's a lot of pressure to go out and get a really nice one, but actually that, that can be creating a lot of waste even, even while it might be raising money for charity. It's such a short window, I feel, of when you can actually wear a Christmas jumper as well. I feel like 1st of December is too early, but then when do you start? Like, I've got two upstairs right now in my room and I haven't worn them yet, and it's the 18th, so I agree. Like, I never really thought of it like that, but, yeah, I might not even wear them on Christmas Day, so when, I, when am I going to wear them? And um, I feel like there's trends in Christmas jumpers as well. Like, there was one year where everyone wore really, like, classic, fair isle patterns, like, really, I don't know, vintage ones. Vintage looking, I should say. Um, and then now I feel like it's more gaudy, funny ones. I don't know. Yeah, I think those patterned ones are nice because you can wear them, like, all the way through the winter and they, they just keep you warm and they can kind of be acceptable um, at different times. But I, I, I do quite like a garish one and I've been seeing loads of that type of thing in um, charity shops and I'm pretty sure some of them have actually been like crafted by by people and then and then put in the shops and I quite like to find something in a charity shop that looks like it's been homemade a little bit. I think that's quite, you end up with something really unique. I've got an absolutely hideous one that I bought about three years ago from the MS men's section and I wore it to non-uniform day once and a physics male teacher had the same jumper on and it was really awkward because everyone was asking is he wearing a women's one or are you wearing a men's one my absolutely I was wearing a men's one it's very embarrassing um, <laughs> I'm doing for you little Christmas spirit <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we've moved on a bit in terms of unisex shopping because I absolutely always, I always look at men's jumpers in charity shops 
because they're just bigger and they're warmer. So hopefully <laughs> now we can be a little bit more kind about about what what gender our clothes are. I feel like there's quite a expectation to dress really nicely on Christmas Day. I don't know if you guys have this, but on Christmas Day, like you open up Instagram boxing day and everyone's got their Christmas outfits on I feel like I don't know I want to wear something nice so I probably don't usually end up wearing a Christmas jumper but maybe this is the year to finally buy a Christmas jumper I've actually never had one yeah I was gonna ask are you guys pajamas all day on Christmas or do you dress up what's everyone's vibe um I think about two years ago I started just deciding I wanted to be comfy on Christmas because um, I like to enjoy my Christmas dinner and not be kind of wearing a restrictive dress. So I, I have to say I do go for a Christmas jumper, but that's also because um, my Christmas day normally involves a walk on the beach and I, I don't think you really want to be in a dress for that kind of thing. Imagine being able to walk on the beach on Christmas day. Can we just... <laughs> that's very lovely that you have such a scenic background. Where you... I mean, Harrogate's lovely, but it's not quite the same. But um, no, we, I mean, there'll definitely be a transition normally from nice to comfy, but I feel like I get in the mood more if I dress nicely. And I feel like that's a generic thing anyway for me. Um, but I like to just put something sparkly on. So, you know, I have like a sparkly top, which, you know, I would never normally wear because it's very gold, but on Christmas day, it just feels appropriate. So that'll be my go to in the morning and then normally yeah by the end of the Christmas and I'll definitely change out of that so I was gonna say we kind of have the reverse tradition so we spend the morning in pajamas and then usually people would start arriving and we have to run upstairs and like get presentable and then dress up a tiny bit but yeah and then come back down and then you're right it does transition back to comfies in the evening. Beth what about you? I always get dressed up but I'm with Katrin I think this year might be the year to go comfy and wear a Christmas jumper <laughs> so now we're gonna hear from Beth just about Christmas music with music obviously being one of the main sort of parts of the Christmas period and kind of her perspective on it as a music editor yeah so this year there's been a big discussion amongst the music heads about when the best time to start playing Christmas music is because we had an album on one of our ops lists by Carrie Underwood and it came out on the end at the end of September and it was a Christmas album and we were like wow that is very very early but I think sometimes artists feel like they have to get these Christmas albums out early to get like the maximum exposure because obviously if you only release it on the 1st of December it's only got like a month's runtime. but for me I'm normally very superstitious and will only play Christmas music from the 1st of December but this year it was like mid-November and I was like no do you know what 2020 needs a little bit of Christmas music to lift everyone's spirits so yeah I've been listening since like the beginning of November uh, um, but when I was younger obviously I loved Christmas music it's got this like magical element and automatically just makes everyone feel really happy but then I started working in retail and obviously again that's all you hear from October through to January and it just gets a bit tiresome <laughs> and frustrating but yeah, I think 2020 has definitely um, grown the need for Christmas music. So I, don't, I haven't worked in retail this Christmas, so I don't know what that perspective is. But <laughs> it's definitely for the blasting out around the home, Christmas music is the one. Um, the song that's come out this year, actually, by Robbie Williams, um, it's called Can't Stop Christmas. And the first time I listened to it, I wasn't sold. It's all about 2020 and how COVID affects Christmas, but 
Christmas spirit is always going to shine through. Um, so I don't know how it will fare next year when hopefully COVID is a thing of the past by Christmas 2021. But for this year, I think it's actually really good. And obviously he had his Christmas album last year, which had Bad Sharon featuring Tyson Fury, which obviously was beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was actually really good. But I think my favourite part about Christmas music actually on Christmas Day is coming down in the morning and putting on the Christmas channel and looking at all of the Christmas music videos. I just think they're so beautiful. And some of them are quite funny. Obviously you've got East 17, Stay Another Day, iconic I don't even know if it can really class as a Christmas song but the video beautiful um, and I also love Boney M's Mary's Boy Child I just think it's such a lovely video and all of the costumes it just makes me feel very festive so that's my favorite part about Christmas music on Christmas Day and obviously it also ties in with the Christmas dinner and everything like that but yeah Christmas music is definitely a big part of Christmas for me I kind of love that like Christmas music has become such a thing. Like there's so many different like genres within the Christmas music genre. Like you've got like the classics like Frank Sinatra singing all the carols, and then you've got like the more modern like Michael Bublé, Mar Mariah Carey. And I just think it's like there's so much out there. Like you could listen to Christmas music for the whole of December and you wouldn't really get bored. Um, I do always think it's funny the radio stations. Like I was listening to Radio One in the car the other day. And they were like very tentative about playing a Christmas song. I think it was about the 15th or something. And like, right, we're going to play a Christmas song now, but don't freak out. You've still got 10 days to go. So I think hearing Christmas music kind of sends people into sort of panic. But I always feel quite happy when I listen to it. So. Yeah, definitely. When you start hearing Christmas music earlier into December, it's like, oh no, I haven't got my presents, haven't done my wrapping. But I think it should be a bit more motivational. It's like, oh no, I can I can still listen to Christmas music for another 20 days. It's fine. Beth, I've got a question for you. Um, obviously, Fairy Tale New York, that's been banned on some radio stations. Um, but my house were having a discussion about whether they could just bleep out the bits that are obviously offensive. What do you, what was the music's like sections perspective on that one? Because I just found that really interesting. Yeah, I think it's a tough one because I think obviously the Pogues actually came out and said, yeah, they agree that it shouldn't be played anymore. It was like a product of its times. And now that we've all moved on, like we shouldn't be playing songs that have offensive words in. So they were very much behind the decision to have it not played on radio anymore. But obviously it is a Christmas classic for some people. So it's difficult because it obviously has only the one word in it, but it's obviously a very offensive word. So I guess bleeping it out is obviously the first step if like you have to listen to it. But I think the decision to not have it played on radio stations is probably a positive one. I think in a way, like it's not gonna stop the song being played. I think now we have so many other options, you know, like I bet the video will come up on the Christmas channel when Beth watches it on Christmas Day. Like it's not gonna, just by not playing it on radios, it's not gonna eradicate the song. So I almost think it's like the best option. Like you don't have, we don't have to have it on everything. So we'll take it off one thing, but if you really want to listen to it, you can listen to it on other things, I think. Um, but yeah. I never really liked that song. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, but every time it came on, I was a bit... I feel like all the media attention to that song is like in the summer when they decided not to sing the lyrics to Rule Britannia, because obviously that's a song which is like celebrating colonialism at the proms. 
and I just think it's one of those things again where like it's literally only a couple of people who care about it but papers like the Daily Mail and the Sun just blow it up when there's like actual news going on but everyone's arguing over one line in a song from 1986 or 7 I think it was I just think it's a bit ridiculous. Also, if you ever know any bigoted people, watch them when that song comes on because they will sing the one word, like the slur, at the top of their lungs. And it's just like, just don't say it. But yeah, I think we can still listen to it, but maybe with some sort of care, definitely. Um, I know there was a lot of controversy in the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special because they actually decided they sang that song through to the, the bit with the bad word. And I remember watching it and I was thinking, right, okay, interesting that they picked this song, but they could quite clearly just do a verse of it and then not get to the bad bit. But I kind of like waited with bated breath as they got closer and closer and then Nessa did sing it. Or I think it might've been Bryn because whoever was singing which part in that song, I can't remember. But I, I do think that maybe television has a responsibility to set a good example for something like that and not, because it was already such a controversial debate by then and that kind of that kind of added to it and and it's that whole question of you know what who who gets to say i mean i don't really think anyone should get to say that word but 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 where should it be broadcast i think that that was an example of of them getting it wrong and i i, I can't remember but i think they may have apologized for it in the end yeah i agree definitely because it would have been such an easy decision just to admit that word or not sing that verse but I think by actually singing it, they created more of a discussion. I think if it was just omitted and still sung, it's still showing that the song can be appreciated, but still by showing respect to everyone. And obviously it was such an easy decision that they could have made. Also, I think with the amount of attention that was on that episode last Christmas, everyone I knew watched it. Like everyone was waiting with bated breath for that episode, let alone thinking they were going to sing that song. So yeah, I remember... I remember when the intro started, I was like, oh no, not this one, please. Like any other Christmas song. I mean, I'm sure there's other offensive words that, from songs at that time, but yeah, I, I agree, Frankie. I was also waiting with bated breath. What's everyone's favorite Christmas song? Let's go round the room. Team building exercise. Mine is, Oh, why have I asked this question? I don't even know. Mine has to be something off the Justin Bieber Christmas album because it's just timeless and every year it's great. Don't make that face, Beth. It's very good. Um, I wouldn't agree. Uh, I do like that one. I have to admit when I was like 14, the one that's like, kiss me underneath the mistletoe. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, but I haven't heard any of the other album. Oh, it's, it's hard, isn't it, this one? I might have to go with Michael Bublé, you know. That whole album is so good. Um, and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, it just hits, just, it's so different, you know? But they're all good, they're all good. It, that is a really difficult question. and I'm, I'm saying it, but there are so many others that there could be. Um, one of my favorites is actually a bit sad. It's um, a song by Coldplay called Christmas Lights. I think the reason why I like it is because I also spent a couple of years working in retail and we had the Christmas music going on a loop. And this was one of the only new ones. I mean, it has actually been out for a few years, but for some reason, I just don't think I'd really heard it. And when we got to that song, I would just stop and I'd listen to it. And then I think, oh, two more hours until I get to hear it again. But I, I do think it's, it's quite nice sometimes to have a sad Christmas song because you can sort of 
indulge because there's always something that, that everyone's a little bit sad about Christmas, especially this year when it's, it's been a difficult year. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's too bad to have to have a melancholy Christmas song now and again. Yeah, I think mine's very much between um, Step Into Christmas by Elton John and Eight Days of Christmas by Destiny's Child. So two very different vibes. But yeah, they both just make me feel very Christmassy, for sure. I usually like the slightly more rogue ones, like I Believe in Father Christmas or like Power of Love. But the most amazing forgotten Christmas song of all time is Cheeky Christmas by the Cheeky Girls. I don't know if you guys know it. Beth, as a music editor, you should know it. It it spoke volumes. It really changed what defines a Christmas song. And I think you should all go watch it on YouTube after this, definitely. But yeah, I like to play that every Christmas just to um, traumatise my dad. But I find it really interesting that Beth, you said Michael Bublé because Michael Bublé's banned in my household because my dad hates him. So when I came to uni and like when we had a Christmas dinner with my house this year, everyone was blasting Michael Bublé and I feel like I've only just understood like the brilliance of a Michael Bublé Christmas, definitely. I think his voice is just perfect for those kinds of songs. It's just the perfect blend. That's the, that's the thing. And Michael Bublé, as much as I like him, I wouldn't really listen to him at any other time of year. But his, his Christmas album, I don't think he needs to bring anything else out. Like he just must make so much money each year on his Christmas album, it's actually crazy. Also, I'd like to add in, I've forgotten, but Leona Lewis, One More Sleep is, is a classic and a banger and we should all put that in as on the top list because it's top tier. I always think there's always those memes about like uh, Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey like coming out of their caves on December 1st, like ready to bring the money in. I just think it's so funny. Like. I always think it's like all the, I think Little Mix released a Christmas song every year just to try and become one of the classics. And they just never make it. Like, I think people just, it's part of a nostalgia thing, like the tradition of Christmas. It's like people just go back to the same ones every year. So yeah, I can't imagine that coronavirus, Robbie Williams Christmas song being very popular, but I guess it's innovative that he's made it, I guess. Um, I think an interesting thing is that Mariah Carey's All of Christmas You wasn't really a hit when it first came out. And it's because the song is made to sound like a traditional Christmas kind of song. Well, not a traditional, but like a classic. Because um, Phil Spector made this album, which has ones like Sleigh Ride and Baby Please Come Home in the 60s, I think it was. And then it's made to sound like one of those songs. So people didn't like it when it first came out, but now we view it like a classic, like all the other ones. So maybe Little Mix's songs will pop off in the future, who knows? I think it's only just reached number one, the Mariah Carey song. I think a few weeks ago, um, I was listening to the radio and Scott Mills was like, this is the first time this song has been number one in December, which is crazy. They got like a Mariah Carey super fan on to talk about it. It's an experience. I don't recommend it, but it was quite funny. Yeah, I was so shocked by that. It's obviously such a Christmas classic now. I couldn't believe that it wasn't Christmas number one at its time or number one in years gone by. But yeah, so to know it was number one this year, I was like, wow. But talking about songs that have been released by recent bands, um, Jonas Brothers released one um, last year and I absolutely loved it. Um, it was You Make Every Day Feel Like It's Christmas. That might not be the title, but that's, that's the repeated line. Uh, um, and I listened to it all of Christmas last year and then this year as well. It, it already feels like a classic to me, but that might just be because I'm a massive Jonas Brothers fan. But they, they tried to release another one this year to try and jump on the hype again. 
didn't do quite so well. So I think we'll, we'll have to see what happens in the future. We'll go listen to Trisha's music. We've got a lot of recommendations to start listening to, but anyone got anything else to add before we go? I'm definitely going to go listen to the Cheeky Girls. <laughs> should. <laughs> what is everyone looking forward to most this Christmas? I think for me, it will be um, just getting to see my grandparents. I know they've slightly changed the rules, but my grandparents live on the next street. So I think it will be okay seeing them. Um, I think I'm most excited for, this is very selfish, but we always get a packet of chocolate coins in our stocking. I look forward to it every year. I always eat them for breakfast. So that's what I'm excited for. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to seeing my dog because um, I'll be going to stay with my mum for Christmas. And I feel like when you don't have young siblings anymore, kind of the closest thing to someone going a bit crazy on Christmas is a dog. <laughs> so um, bless her, I'm sure she'll just, she'll sense the excitement in the air and it, it will be great. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't have a dog to get excited, but I've got a little five-year-old cousin and obviously Christmas is all so magical for him still. So I'm very excited to be able to spend Christmas with him and see him all excited. And obviously I'll be very excited too. <laughs> That is so cute. I wish I had a five-year-old cousin, but it's me, my brother and my dad. And my dad is a bit of a technophobe. Like really recently, he's only just got a mobile phone and I am shock. And it's also like a Nokia brick. So it's, <laughs> I know, I don't know how he's managed it, but anyway. So my brother's bought him a Walkman. Like, you know, the CD players with a headphone. Yeah, I know, shocking. Um, and I'm just so excited to see him try to figure out how to use the Walkman. It's just going to be so funny because honestly, he has no idea. So I'm going to take a lot of pictures of him with his little headphones in, trying to figure out how to use his little CD player. So yeah, that'll be very funny. My dad used to have a Walkman. Maybe it'll all come flooding back to him and he will like be an expert and he'll shock you. Never know. Um, have a lovely Christmas everyone thank you very much for coming on our last podcast episode of the year um, we will see you all thanks for listening as well um, we will see you all in 2021 I'm not sure what the first topic will be but I'm sure it'll be fresher and better than 2020 has been so thanks everyone